Hey, what's going on? It is another week. It is another episode of the Man Fused Podcast. Ben H., my co-host, sit, sitting right next to me. He kind of caught me off guard there. I'm Kay Lee, audio producer, voice artist, and your host. And I can't not mention Ben H. is a real estate mogul. He's doing his best. Sometimes his best isn't good enough. And sometimes his best is more than enough. You just never know. You never know. What day, what month, what calendar cycle you might catch him in. It's a little unusual that, you know, we have guests on every week. But for the past three weeks, that has been the most consecutive guests we have had on. Yes. Um, And they were epic guests. We had Craig Foster, tattoo artist, featured on Ink Masters. We had transformation coaches, Carrie Ford, and author Jake Kaufman. And this past week, if you have not heard the episode with Matthew LaCroix, yeah. who works for Gaia and who is an author himself and who has been studying ancient civilizations, ice cores, I mean, structures, you name it. The Black Sun. The Black Sun, dark matter, whatever you want to call it. We had a yeah. Memorial Day. Right. And I don't know if I told you, Ben, yeah. but thank you for your service. Of course. And thank you to all service members, those who served, those who were killed in combat, yeah. and their families, because that is the ultimate sacrifice, as far as I'm concerned. It is, man, and it's really sad how many of our great soldiers have died on foreign soil for reasons that, that they don't even understand, and a lot of reasons that, that none of us even understand anymore. We can all stand up for the idea that we're willing to stand up and die for our families and to protect our homeland, but it's not always the case that these wars our government gets us into have anything to do with protecting our homeland. And it's sad our sons and daughters get sent foreign lands to die, because I can tell you, as someone who's experienced that, I certainly would be pissed off if I would have gotten killed. Yeah, and I think a lot of times you're told the narrative right. that what is given to the public yeah. about why we're doing this and yeah. why we're doing that. I mean, World War II, it was a clear mission for the most part. It was because Hitler needed to be taken out. Right. You know, I think we waited a little too long. We should have struck sooner. Yeah. But better late than never. He was evil. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot to World War II. I mean, certainly Hitler was a bad dude. Um, you know, if you look back to what the origins of World War II are and really the origins of Hitler, you know, it's really sad what um, the persecution of the Jewish people and how that all went. Ultimately, he would have honored his deal with Great Britain. Europe would look a lot different because it was, it was when they began to be aggressive toward and fight with to cross the little ocean there yeah, the pond Britain, that that's really what 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 sparked our heavy involvement and um and ultimately what ended the war for for hitler there's a lot of thought around that and and some interesting ideas about him going to uh you mean instead of taking his own life? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's conspiracy a, um, theory right there. Conspiracy. Argentina. Yes, Argentina. Uh, and don't large, cry for me, Argentina. Well, it's interesting because there's a large um, community of Germans in Argentina that were former SS Nazis from World War II. Did they flee there? Yeah. So there's a huge community actually, and um, we know for a fact 
that the uh, I, I don't remember how many it is, but I believe it was four to six submarines left and went to Argentina. And the uh, thought is that Hitler was actually on one of those submarines and that that was the transport vehicle. Well, I would imagine there's very far and few between World War II vets that are still out there with us yeah there's not many my grandfather was a world war ii vet um and is he with us no no he passed away some time ago um you know i, I my grandparents too most of them would be over 100 years old by now because probably i thought i saw something a few months back saying the last yeah my grandfather's born in 1920 so he'd be 103 i think he died at 88 so yeah. lived, lived a great life an incredible generation of people and i would imagine if you were a nazi and you were trying to seek, you know, a place to lie low. Yeah. Um, you probably kept your involvement tight-lipped. There was a lot happening in Antarctica at the time of World War II and before. And the Germans had an incredible surge in their technology, which was just becoming available when we beat them actually i mean rocket propulsion germans who had that technology as a matter of fact we brought the nazi rocket scientists that's who founded nasa that's who created velcro the creation of nasa was nazi rocket scientists and actually all the rockets that we developed in the 50s and all of the the ghost reaper missions and the space missions and all that technology was from german world war ii rocket scientists which was ultimately the technology that they could have used to win the war had they had a little bit more time then the world would really look different but there's um there's there are there's a lot of photography of the ss and the nazis in antarctica way back in the day and there are accounts of them encountering ufos encountering different species and stuff like that and doing a deal for technology so if you were going to be doing something in antarctica argentina is the the closest place that you could live on the earth's surface to antarctica so it's a well wouldn't new zealand be pretty close too though it is relatively close it's just a big ocean apart whereas if you look at argentina it's got it's got a little tip that almost looks like at some point it connected on history channel yeah um fdr oh yeah yeah he was and so and then and a lot of you know it's kind of documentary but then there's some acting too right um so it kind of like you know it's telling the story but then it goes into these actors portraying some of these scenes with like uh winston churchill really geared around the bombing at Pearl Harbor, um, storming the beach at Normandy, dropping the bomb on Japan. Yeah. I mean, Roosevelt had a busy fucking time. There was a lot going on in the world at that time. I mean, and there was a lot going on with him. He was like sick, had to degenerate. He couldn't walk. Yeah. He started losing his health during all of his you know times of service. But one of the yeah. things that they were saying about pressure, it, you know? yeah, about him was that. He exercised his patience in a way that it's like he knew when to strike, when to not go in too soon. You know, his timing was impeccable. They even quoted him in this saying, he was like, I've spent the last two years trying to tell my big toe to move. I can wait for us to get the weapons we need to execute this perfectly. And really, we started talking about Memorial Day, and, and it's funny, I also was talking to somebody that, uh, and that's what we got on this whole subject of, you know, World War II and all that stuff, but most people think of Memorial Day as furniture sales and 
being at the lake, start of swim season, people are like, happy Memorial Day. Well, really, Memorial Day isn't meant to be happy. It's gotten less heavy for me over the years, but because of war, because of these weapons that we point at each other, soldiers on both sides, civilians in, in these in these in these countries. I mean, having been um, in, in Iraq and having the opportunity to um, be an interrogator, I got to talk to a lot of the quote unquote enemy, you know, and indeed they were the enemy as far as I was concerned. I mean, if you would have given them a gun, you know, a lot of the people would have just shot me point blank range, no problem, and and thought nothing about it, you know? But when you get to talk to people, you get to see the humanity and seeing things from their perspective and you go, wow, you know, I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, we just invaded their country. We're ripping the husbands out of their homes and interrogating them on a constant, you know, and in front of their children and kids, guys come in with guns. Drop a bomb on the cul-de-sac and you're the only one that survives kids the wives everybody you know just got murdered by a couple bombs you just happened to survive so now you're getting interrogated on who your neighbors were you think you're going to be polite and uh cordial and and have love for these soldiers that are coming into your country now granted you know you were living under a evil dictator's rule beforehand i mean nothing saying that saddam was a good guy but he certainly had control Iraq is a critical piece of real estate. It's right in the middle of all these countries, all these great countries, and uh, it's like a keystone piece of the puzzle. He had it under control, but he needed to go, so whatever. Ultimately, you know, you really don't know what these things are for, especially, you know, if you just needed to kill a guy, for example, send over a sniper team. And I think that's what we were getting at before we kind of went off on a tangent is, you know, World War II, it was primarily clear what the objective was but a lot of times when we go into these countries and we're sending our military our special forces are which you know that covert op stuff we don't that's not normally publicized that's on the down low unless something happens where it makes the news and then the government has to come up with an excuse as to why they were there but ultimately the hidden reasons that only the government knows the strategic play we do this you know we can get this or we can the strategy a lot of times isn't clear sometimes it becomes clear later more clear but then never admitted or covered up and so you can't really ever prove it but the end result is still the same we've lost our own yeah um families are now you know changed forever due to the lack of a father, a brother, a, a cousin, a daughter. And that has an impact and a trickle-down effect. We're all human beings, you know, a father a father um, in Iraq or something like that or China loves their son or daughter just like you and me love our son and daughter, you know what I mean? And it's funny because you look at Japan as an example where they were our greatest enemy at, at, at one point in time, even more so than Nazi. I mean, Nazi Germany became an enemy of ours, but Japan, Imperial Japan, was already. And now and, they're a close, close and, ally. And now they're, they're one of our greatest allies. Especially um, in that region. Oh, man, unbelievable. 
why did it take a couple nuclear bombs to make that happen? You know, it's just unbelievable. Sometimes you got to <laughs> whip people in line. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, like everybody talks about nuclear war, but the United States is the only country to ever drop a nuclear bomb. So... Well, you they know, had to prove a point, Ben. I mean, you know, we I, had to make I, an example. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, you know, it's interesting when you think about it from other countries' perspectives. You know, they're like, hey, I don't know why you guys are worried about us dropping a nuclear bomb. Yeah. You are the only one who ever has. Hey, trigger happy. Yeah, I mean, hello. <laughs> like, if you look at leadership styles of, let's say, U.S. presidents, for example, right, um, look at how... Donald Trump went and basically went to North Korea and shook the guy's hand and gave him a bro hug and, you know, boosted up his ego a little bit and created a relationship with that guy. That meant a lot to those guys. And so the point is that we don't have to be so adversarial. I mean, I don't think Obama ever even picked up the phone and spoke to Kim Jong-un. Donald um, Trump's strategy started yeah. He's like, you want to talk shit? No, Let's no. talk shit, bro. It started with a neg. <laughs> yeah. It started with, did you ever read the book, The Game? Yes. You did? Yeah. About the pickup artists? Yes. Okay. When I read that book, I thought it was fascinating. Me too. Yeah. It was, a, I think, like that book. It was a great book. And the author, oh, I can't think we of his Neil, Neil Strauss. Yeah. Great author. The yeah. way he wrote it. And this guy, like, lived it. Like, he lived became it. a pickup artist. Yeah, and. He did. You know, they describe as, you know, one way to establish your um, open dialogue with a girl would be what's called a neg, yeah. which is like a minor insult. Yeah. Like nothing like, you know, super like hard. She has short hair and you say something like, wow, I bet your hair would look really great long. I see, you You know, you really dressed up for this occasion or, right. you know, or you really like to dress down, yeah, yeah, you know, or something yeah. stupid like that or. Yeah. Why are you breathing so heavy? Yeah, like, yeah. Just some like little thing that knocks them down a little notch. And especially if you're talking to a 10. Yeah, knocks them off the pedestal. Right. A little bit. Because like, brings a little humanity to the situation. Well, right. Because if you're talking to a 10. Yeah. And you are just bowing at her feet. Right. She hates it. Well, well she, she expects it, but she expects it's not it. But she's it's it's uh She's not expecting the neg. And then yeah. she's like, he just insulted me. I hate that. Yeah. I hate him. But yeah. why? why? Uh, yeah, intrigued. So Donald Trump's strategy was little rocket man. And yeah. he did not like that. But he, he fired like back. Yeah. And then it was an open dialogue a, to continue the conversation. Some of my best friends who you know in the military, it started that we really didn't like each other at all. We almost fought each other. You know what I'm saying? And it was probably constant making fun of each other. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we became... Oh, Heidenreich with your baby dick. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden we became friends. You know what I mean? Right? Like, and, and, and we've been best friends forever. And so I think that, you know, a little diplomacy... A little humanity, I mean. And a little shit talking. Yeah, and a little bit of shit talking if it's needed. Hey, you want to you talk some shit? Let's talk some shit, bro. Right. You know? And then it's kind of funny. Right. You know? I mean, but if you don't talk at all, you know, like I guarantee you Biden hasn't spoken to Putin this entire time. Not once. Well, I think they, didn't they, Not it's one of the Biden summits. Called. They've had a little bit of dialogue. Maybe something, or maybe Biden was asleep, but it's not like a situation. I mean, if the situation, if if we really wanted to solve that situation, we could. But it's one of those things where you've got to be on both sides. You can't be sending two hundred billion to Ukraine and killing Russians. 
you got to get everybody in the same room. So that's the thing. But anyways, regardless of that, the main rocket scientist, German-American aerospace engineer, Werner von Braun. He was NASA's top rocket scientist. But before that, he was Nazi Germany's top rocket scientist. So a lot of people would say in some ways, okay, because NASA is ultimately, I mean, it was founded on the backs of Nazis. Okay. So, you know, is it a Nazi organization? I don't know if it is or not. I mean, obviously it's an American organization at this point in time, but the point is that we took all their smartest people. Dude. Well, to those who have served, to those who have lost somebody who served and been affected, our hearts go out to you and uh, our thoughts and prayers. I, I took a moment in between my pool time to try to reflect, even though I, I didn't serve and, you know, but I have a lot of people around me that did. So, you know, our thoughts and uh, prayers go out to the men and women of this country that have served. For and sure. so I hope they had a good Memorial Day as good as they could possibly have. 